Hello and welcome to Irreverent Testimony brought to you by Netroots Radio, the political podcast by and for millennial and Gen Xer types from a left-wing perspective. It is Saturday, July 7th, 2018. We have been away, but we Hi. Are, we're back. Hi. Hi, everybody. I'm back. I'm sorry <laughs> that I was away. A lot's been going on in my life and I just couldn't... Uh, do this, but I'm very happy to be doing it now. So hi. Hello, we are back. And there are things to talk about, I hear. I Um, think there are maybe a couple. I don't know. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, There could indeed be a couple things to discuss. Going on, you Uh, think? Yeah. That have happened? Maybe. In the world? (laughs) Since we've been gone? I don't know. I think the world ends when we don't do this, right? It might. Nothing happens. Uh, but you know, the, what we really need to talk about before anything is the, the elephant in the room. Uh, the story I think that's on everybody's mind, the story, even Fox news has had to do several important segments on and the most important news story of the day, right? The most important news story, probably of the year, right? It's really critical. Um, the fact that Alan Dershowitz is yeah. being snubbed and blackballed on Martha's vineyard at the cocktail parties. Yeah. I mean, Folks, just strap in. <laughs> this gets really serious, right? Yeah. Rich white dude who supports a fascist got snubbed at some dinner parties mm. with rich white dudes. I hear at the polo club, too. <gasps> Say it isn't so. <laughs> That's the worst thing I've ever heard. It's important enough that apparently the New York Times is doing like a story on this every day. I mean, it was the front page of the New York Times. Was Alan Dershowitz's snubbing at Martha's Vineyard on his summer vacation? Was that yesterday's New York Times story or today's? Because they did no, one yesterday no, and today. No, I think that this was yesterday. Okay. I haven't looked at the New York Times today. Because they did. Looked at any news today. Uh, Jeremy Peters <laughs> did another story. Oh my God. About Dershowitz and it tell me about he, him. He interviewed. In case people don't know. Okay, Alan Dershowitz is a Harvard law professor. He became Mm -hmm. very famous for being on the quote dream team of the OJ Simpson defense team Mm -hmm. for the double murder charges he faced in the deaths of Nicole Brown Simpson and Ronald Goldman back in the nineties. So Um, he was on the defense team. Yes. With, uh, Lee Bailey and Robert Shapiro and right. Barry Sheck and all these other, and Johnny Cochran, obviously. So that's kind of how he made himself famous. And he has been a Fox News favorite. He's been sort of a Trump suck up. He's very much against the special counsel and he's against, he he couches it under this idea of being in principle against the whole idea of a special counsel, which granted some, some actual legal scholars scholars are, this has been a a roaring debate going back to Nixon about how much power a special prosecutor should have in these cases. Should they exist at all? But it's hard to say with him whether it's that or it's more personal or he just likes having his face on TV. I, I don't know and I don't care and I, I don't understand. I mean, the New York Times is is just kind of a mess right now. Um, <laughs> so I don't, it's not but surprising like, to me. It's literally like a page one story about how like the other rich white people made him have feelings. <laughs> that was a page one story 
when, I don't know, is there really nothing else going on in the world that we need to be talking about than Alan Dershowitz having feelings at Martha's Vineyard on vacation because white people that are liberal don't like him? Yeah. Like, I don't understand <laughs> why this is front page news. I don't get it. Well, here's it. Like, Tucker Carl- they're talking about all over Fox News, and Tucker Carlson ran a big thing on it. And what? Like, this, what? I, but no, what I'm trying to understand <laughs> is if you are, you know, Mac oh, from Tennessee in your MAGA hat. Uh, or you're the coal miner. Are you bent you're out of shape? You're the guy who voted for Trump because of economic anxiety. Are you the guy? <laughs> are you thinking, you? oh boy, they're really doing that Alan Dershowitz wrong. I He's mean, a swell guy. Ooh, those liberals. I don't up in uh, What's the, the angle? The the rich people are, I mean, This I is don't, what they wanted like, in coal country? No, right? I don't know. It's so crazy. <laughs> And the New York Times is running with it like it's literally front page news. It was literally front page news. Like I'm trying to transpose this and like, to I don't the, know how to talk about that. I'm trying to transpose this to the like GW Bush era and like a famous liberal or somebody who was on, on the news a lot and then like went to Kenny Bunkport and then like he was Al getting Gore went to like I don't know. And then he was getting blackballed and then like he complained about it and then I was supposed to care. Like I'm Nobody like, would okay, have then don't go. Who cares? But okay. But they're like, there's all these liberals there <laughs> and they're very mean. <laughs> they're very mean to this man. Is that, is that the angle or is the, the angle worst. that he's obviously, he's a very Jewy Jewish guy and there's, Oh, see they're the anti-Semites. Cause that's oh, why they, for fuck's sake. Black. Fuck you. No, I'm just trying to figure out, is that the angle? I'm just saying, no, no, uh, maybe the story isn't that's not the angle. The uh, story is it's a very liberal place and they really don't like the president up there. And Alan Dershowitz shows his face and people were not nice to him. And so doesn't that make you mad? MAGA, who, MAGA Tennessee who, guy? Literally who other than people who work at the New York Times or live in Martha's Vineyard does that make mad? Fox seems to think that I mean, it makes it's people like mad because the they're worst all over thing this. that's ever happened. Yeah. And it's literally just some like asshole who got like his <laughs> friends don't like him anymore. That's yeah. That's it. That's it. And it's a front page story in the New York Times. Okay. I don't know. I All don't right. know. Maybe I don't know. All right. What's next? <clears throat> we had Anthony Kennedy announce his retirement. Are we ready to j- jump into that? We may as well. And outside of some of the conspiracy theories in that... Anthony Kennedy's son worked for Deutsche Bank when Trump got all these questionable loans and Deutsche Bank was the only firm still lending money to Trump, which if there is anything there, nothing's going to come of it. So who cares? I, I, I disagree with you on that. So y'all, I, it's been really crazy around here and I was out of town last week, so I don't, um, Travis and I have not talked a lot about politics cause lots of other stuff was going on. Yeah. Um, I do think that the timing of Kennedy's retirement is a little bit weird. Um, And I don't think necessarily it has nothing to do with his son's business dealings and upcoming cases for the October session. I don't know that that's true, but I feel like the timing is like... Okay, but... He's young. He's like 67. uh, Kennedy? Yeah. Oh, Kennedy is almost 80. Okay. He's not young. All right. Yeah, he's old. All right. He's old. All right. But he he was he was a Reagan appointee. But he's fine. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I what mean, is we, he what, just we, in your we mind, assume in that your the mind, Supreme Court justices work till they drop. In your mind, which but Scalia if, okay. did and but if Ginsburg you, will. If you are living in the world that I'm living in, 
right? And you're a Supreme Court justice. I don't feel like you decide three months or four months before a primary election with a president who is dismantling our democracy to retire and allow that person to replace you yeah, without pretty good reason. Uh, yeah, but that's going under the assumption that Kennedy was this sort of pillar of upholding the Republican, not just another partisan. It says who? Okay, he was on the right side of a few decisions. Mm-hmm. He was on the wrong side of many other decisions. Agreed. Uh, he was a Reagan. Look, he's not my boyfriend. He's a Reagan appointee. He's you know. But are you saying that you believe he's a Trump Republican? Yeah, because because they all are. But they all are. Okay. The ones who are really not are the ones we see on camera. It's the same rotating cast of characters. Jennifer Rubin and David Frum and Rick Wilson. About elected people or people in government. Anybody. 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 The Bushes. And it's not a big group. For the most part, yeah. Trump is Republicans or Republicans are Trump. And Anthony Kennedy probably did Trump a big favor for whatever reasons. And and by the way, he's allowed to do that. There's no law that says you can't get not. pressured it's by a, a president. It's a lifetime appointment and you're allowed to leave whenever you fucking want. So that's why I think our energy is misguided in trying to connect all these dots to some grand conspiracy because even if it's there, so what? That doesn't help us. What, are the cops going to... Are, are, no. Arrest Anthony no. Kennedy and force him back no. on the court because he <laughs> he played political or, or personal nepotism games because of his son's business dealings. It's like, we'll never prove that in a million years. And I don't right. even know what the law is uh, against it. Nothing. So that's my point. So you don't get charged with your family's crimes. No. Okay. If there's even crimes. I just think Deutsche Bank, and well, they were laundering Russian money. But in terms mm-hmm. of lending all this money to Trump, it was just bad business decisions and well no and it may be that, that kennedy is a principled guy who knew that he was going to have to recuse himself and decided that he didn't want to have to do that and maybe but you can recuse yourself at the time mm-hmm. if it's just the one case mm-hmm. but i don't think it's just the one the, it, the point but is it doesn't, it doesn't matter. matter he's right? retiring right he ain't taking it back so here's where we are when that happens and you know All y'all watch Game of Thrones, right? I'm sure you do. If you don't, then you're going to miss the point of this. But your house words are your house words. And the house words in this house are elections have consequences. Mm-hmm. And when you don't vote or you vote for a third party or you don't vote Democrat or whatever thing that happened and a Republican, particularly this Republican gets elected. We like to pretend like it's the lesser of two evils and that there's no difference. There's no sunlight. They're all just crooks, right? Because then you don't have to think critically. Let me just tell you of all the things, and there's a lot of bad things that have happened and that are happening. A lot of ugliness that's going on because of this election, including the separation of immigrant children and their parents, including Everything that's happened in the last year and a half. But Donald Trump said, when he was trying to get elected, he said, we have to win this election because we have to get back to the Supreme Court. Mm -hmm. He said that a lot of times. And what's happening now is that he gets to do that. And we already didn't get Merrick Garland, right? We got Mayor Gorsuch. And Anthony Kennedy retiring puts the court at 6-3. And so, ladies and gents, 
let's talk about what that means. Because yeah, I think let's. that means a lot of things that maybe people didn't think about when they voted for Jill Stein. And that means that the next court will very, very likely overturn Roe v. Wade. Very, very, very likely overturn Obergefell. That women and gay people and minorities will no longer have the protection of whatever court we had. It's over. So it's not just about abortion, too, right, when we look at reproductive rights. Going back to 1954, like, we we went through this fight about whether or not women were allowed to have access to birth control. And there's a lot of people in this country who are in public office who think that women do not have the right to have access to birth control at all, which is, like, that's a real thing. And so we're not just looking at, like, oh, abortion's going to become a state's rights issue. That's probably true, right? That's the first step of having abortion be illegal. But that means that if you live in 21 to 25 of the states in this country, you will not have any access to, birth, to, to abortion. Birth control will be a little smaller. There's not as many states that will probably take that right away. But there will be some. And that is millions and millions of women who will not have autonomy over their own bodies and the ability to control whether or not they want to have kids and whether or not this is the right time. And not just if they want to have an abortion, but like literally the ability to choose not to have children unless you choose not to have sex. And that is fucking terrifying. And it's why I can't watch The Handmaid's Tale. And it's why like it's happening and we can't pretend like it's not happening because it is and it's going to. And this has been the rights agenda for three decades. And they finally got somebody in office and they finally got enough power that that's what they're going to do. So we better all be prepared. And when that happens, I would recommend that we all have some solidarity and support each other in traveling to places into more liberal states where abortion access is still available and where contraception is still available. I want you all to vote in November so that we can try to, I don't know, undo this somehow. I don't know we come back from this, but we have to try, right? But those are the things that are really important. And the two things that the culture wars most want the Republicans to do is to take away my autonomy in, well, in sex, right? They yeah. want to take away my autonomy to contraception and abortion. Let me, let and me, they want to take away my autonomy in who I love and who I get to love. That's me, the two things they most want to do. Let me ask you something, because I, I have a feeling, and I hope it's not wishful thinking, that with Republicans finally getting their, their undisputed Supreme Court majority that they are confident is going to overturn Roe v. Wade, it's a little like the dog possibly catching the car, right? like they wanted this, they've wanted this for a long time and they've benefited by infighting and complacency and right. ignorance on our side. And I think a lot of those Stein voters, a lot of them are men, Yes, but 
plenty of them were women. Plenty of women sat out the election. Plenty of women just voted for Trump. Trump, 53%. And I, my sense is that a lot of those women did that not with Roe v. Wade, not really foreign and forefront in their minds because they didn't grasp. Law, right? it's, yeah, they didn't grasp that it really could, it really is in danger. If they heard it, they thought it was hyperbole. Mm-hmm. They were worried about other things. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. when, wait a minute, this, they're actually going to do this. No, they are actually going to do this. Right. I guys. think they are. And then I am not being hyperbolic. No, they are actually going to overturn well, Roe v. Wade. My, period. My point is the backlash to that, or even the threat of that, I, I think is something they are not really prepared for. Like some of the older savvy, Republican politicians, Republican senators, like they know, they know the hornet's nest that they're going to step in with this. So it's eighty-one percent of American women believe that abortion should be safe and legal. Yeah, eighty-one percent. Yeah, American women make up about fifty-six percent of this country. So now, the now, vast and overwhelming majority of women, and that makes the majority of people in this country want Roe v. Wade. To stand. Well, numbers make it simple, right? 81%, yet Trump won 53% of white women. Right. So the, the, like, it's likely that the majority of those women who voted for Trump voted to overturn Roe v. Wade, even they don't want Roe v. Wade overturned. Correct. Um, Did you know that 99% of Catholic women use contraception? Of course they do. Of 99% course they do. of Catholic women Yeah, use and the church is still trying to talk them out of it, and they're not buying it. Um, but those women, like 99% of American women, but 99% of Catholics. Yeah, of course they do. Support being having access to contraception. Yeah, because everybody has sex. But, a lot. Right. And every time you have sex, I mean, <clears throat> I'm not going to speak for you. I will say every time I have sex, I do not want to have a baby. <laughs> you, you can speak for me too. <laughs> Trust me. We're safe in that. Right? Yeah. And I think most American women feel that way. Of course they do. I don't. Can I ask you a question? Yeah. Where is this hang-up with men? These uh, women who need contraception and access to abortion are not like having babies in vacuums. Uh, Why is this not a men's issue? I'm the wrong guy to ask. Because to me, the idea, especially in my younger days, okay, but the idea of being a sexually active guy, the idea of women not having access to contraception is terrifying to me right i don't want to get anybody pregnant right and if they did god let's make that not happen anymore right so that's a really good question i am the wrong guy to ask i don't understand why men like every abortion a woman has a man also had every single one so i don't know how many men maybe don't know that they've had abortions (laughs) or don't know that they've right but like Every single one of those abortions, a man was a part of. Mm-hmm. And and I'm not trying to exclude gender non-binary people, so let me just throw that in there, right? It could be man, woman, or non-binary person. But it's so interesting to me that men see it as a women's issue. Because having sex, then, is a women's issue. Well, when, and men okay. don't see it that way. So, men see it as a women's issue. Well, okay. Well, again, but the numbers. 81% of women say yeah. it should be legal. But overall, in Americans, it's like 40-60. So that means men, it's like half and half, or a majority of men want abortion outlawed. And, 
yeah, again. How many of those men have had abortions? I mean, like, have had partners that they have impregnated who had abortions, which means they had an abortion, too. Yeah. We should start talking about it that way. Those men also had abortions. It's not like when women have a baby, the, the man, if it's in a conventional heteronormative relationship, right? Mm-hmm. I'm on paternity leave or whatever, right? Like, <laughs> both of them had a baby. Well, Donald Trump helped Michael Cohen... Get pay for an abortion. Right, but like they both of them had a baby. Yeah. When you have a baby, it's the mom and the dad had a baby, and it's a bit their it's their baby. It's not her baby. It's their baby. Right. It's also their abortion. Yes. Right. Mm-hmm. Like she didn't just knock herself up and decide to. Do, well, like right. We've had, we've been having this argument for decades, trying to make people see it that way. Right. But that's not because that's what it's not about. But okay, look, when we get closer to this and. The Republicans are smart, right? They're they are. They're not like like I mean they're not, but they're like really good at this. Well, well, that's the thing with Susan Collins, right? It's like Susan <sighs> Collins is the Republican who could, and and what she's saying is, I am not going to confirm somebody who out in the open says they're going to overturn Roe. Of Nobody's course, he's going to say out in no, the open that and, they're overturn Roe, and she knows that. And and it is ironically sexist that they keep saying Susan Collins is stupid because she's not stupid. She's just a fucking devious Republican. Yes. And she knows goddamn well that everybody on that Heritage Foundation list, whoever it is that Trump picks, mm-hmm. is a probably a really safe bet to overturn Roe v. Wade. That's right. And when they get up there, they're going to do what Alito did, and they're going to do what Roberts did, and they're going to hem and haw, and they're going to say— It's going to be about precedent. Uh, yeah. And it's going to be about settled law. But they blow up precedent and settled law all the all time. All the fucking time. It doesn't With matter the what they Act. say. Yes. When they get confirmed, it matters what their record is and it matters who they are. And, then, and anybody who tells you differently is fucking lying to you. Of course. And Susan Collins knows, she knows this that damn well. And then when it happens, she'll go, I'm very disappointed. I didn't see this coming. Maybe we'll try to pass I had some kind no of legislation. Idea. Yeah. And, and then and the media falls for it and they keep printing these stories. Well, Susan Collins is going to be a big thorn in the side because no. she's very good. It's like, no, no she's no. not. How no. can you not see this game? No. It's so obvious. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> it's like, um, like one of those movies, obvious, like it's the new Jurassic Park movie. And it's like a critic going, I'm excited to see this movie. Is Chris Pratt going to get eaten by a dinosaur or not? <laughs> like, no, it's not. No, of course not. He's the fucking star of the fucking movie. no, <laughs> Why is this a story right now? Uh, yes. Right? So. It drives me insane. Look, kids, here's the thing. And I'll say it again because that's our house words. Elections have consequences. And I don't know if any of us were ready for this one. But it's here. And when you elect Republicans <sighs> to every office and all of the control and all of the power. This is what happens. You so know, we have this example, yeah, right? Yeah. Of like, here's how Republicans govern. Now we know. And it's really fucking scary. So next it was time the you tell storm. me you don't want to vote, which I, I had a friend from work I was talking to who's never voted before. Never voted. She's a woman of color. She just has just a bunch of kids. And, you know, she's busy. And she just thinks they're all crooks. Mm-hmm. And... I said, I think you might be right. Maybe that's true. But one set of crooks, right, doesn't have an agenda to hurt you and me and her daughter is LGBT and like 
you, your family, your friends, and people that you love. Of course, she knows that, but, we, but she needs it spelled out. The other party does. Yeah. So maybe they're all crooks. Maybe that's true. But do you think we would be where we are right now with these immigrant kids? That was the thing we started talking about. If Hillary had been the president instead of Donald Trump, and if the House and Congress were controlled by Democrats, and she was like, absolutely not. And I said, that's why you vote. And so she knows even the if answer. they're all crooks. So she knows the answer. She just like needs it. People somebody need it spelled to tell out them that simply. It matters. It matters because I think people have been conditioned, conditioned to yeah. believe it doesn't matter who you vote for or it doesn't matter if you vote and your vote doesn't count and your vote doesn't matter and they're all crooks. And maybe that's true, but I think this election among all of the elections I've ever been alive for has proven that it fucking does. Right? Like... Do you think we would be where we are right now? But her emails. Do you think that we'd be trying to do DNA tests of immigrant children to figure out if we can find their no, parents? No, it, it like, would, it would be round-the-clock hearings on Benghazi and email servers and Pizzagate. That's what we'd be dealing with. Yeah. But it wouldn't but be asylum Roe seekers and kids wouldn't the be and, doing what they're doing right now. Yeah. Roe wouldn't be under fucking attack, and right. I would be safe to not be in like gay conversion camp. Yes. So it's not the same. No, of course not. And maybe they're all crooks. Maybe that's true. I don't care. Because what I care about is people like me and people that I love that are being literally targeted by the state. And that wouldn't be the case if they had a D next to their name instead of an R. Yeah, agreed. Period. And the Supreme Court, you know, he's going to elect somebody. He's already said, like, somebody young. Well, of course. Yeah. So, I mean, why wouldn't you? They'll It'd be have, foolish not to. They'll have control of the court for decades. Mm-hmm. And by the way, folks at home, um, there's nothing we get to do about that. Well, so when I say elections have consequences, when Trump was talking about the Supreme Court, he was right. And he's going to elect somebody and they're going to be in charge. And John Roberts is young and our people are old. And they're going to have control of the Supreme Court for decades. Yeah, there's nothing we're likely to do because we still care about precedent and norms. Like, there's no, there's nothing in the Constitution that says you can't have 15 Supreme Court justices. Right. So if we controlled every branch of government, we could right. just... Wasn't it Roosevelt who tried to stack the court? Yeah. Yeah. So the only thing we can do is elect a Congress who passes different laws, mm-hmm. but they have to be, like, constitutional amendments, and a, and a which requires ratification, them. which requires, like, all these states to decide that it's a good idea. And the last time that we tried to do that, Things didn't work out that great for the Equal Rights Amendment. So really, the loss of the court is like probably the greatest um, factor, like the greatest loss that we've had from this presidency. No, we will be swimming uh, upstream for a long, 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 long long time time now. after this. And and I don't think the Bernie or Busters, Jill Stein people really thought that part of it through. No. They just made it so much harder. Yes. Um, yes. they, they're, we can't explain that to them. They won't listen to us. They don't see it that way. Right. They refuse to so listen to reason. I, do we have time? We have all the time in the world. So, um, Diana DeGette is our congressman out of Denver mm-hmm. and she was primaried by this woman named Sarah Rao and Sarah Rao was endorsed by Bernie Sanders mm-hmm. and she's a very progressive woman of color. Pretty amazing. Right. Really 
kind of great. But Diana to get's Diana to get in Colorado. And if you don't know what that means, think about it like, I don't know, Paul Ryan's Paul Ryan or Bernie Sanders is Bernie Sanders, right? Like mm-hmm. in Colorado, Diana gets just she's just, an institution. She, yeah, she's been here forever, and she's she's been here forever, right? And she's great. And I was talking to somebody at work about how they didn't know who to vote for, right? Like, so everybody at work came to me and were like, "Who do I vote for in the primary?" And we were talking about the difference between Diana Deget and Sarah Rao, and I said, "You know, the difference is." It's the same argument that I made, uh, which I'm a little ashamed about, back in the day, which was you can vote for Hillary or you can vote for Obama. And the difference between the two of them, the daylight between their policy positions is almost nothing. Mm-hmm. They're the same, yeah. right? But do you want somebody new or do you want somebody that's not new? And the benefits to having somebody that's been there for a long time is she has a lot of seniority in Congress. She has a lot of seniority in the House. She can get a lot of shit done. She has a lot of political capital. But this new person has a lot of energy, right? And she's been endorsed by Bernie Sanders, and, you know, she could be Obama, maybe, right? But the question is, as always, who can win in the primary, or who can win in the general? Right? Yeah. So Diana DeGette and Sarah Rao have very little, like I said, sunlight between their policies. They want the same things. So the question is who can win? Then the question is Sarah Rao came out and just like <laughs> unaffiliated as a Democrat, decided mm. that being a Democrat was not <clears throat> what she wanted to do anymore because she lost and because a lot of progressive people who were primarying other Democrats who were quote establishment lost. And so she came out and said like the democratic party is bullshit and I'm not doing it anymore. And like just through this fucking fit. Yeah. I, I don't know how much energy there is for that anymore. Like that played in 2016 when right. you had the big albatross of Hillary Clinton. Right. Uh, and the, you know, it's like now but keeping it up. Like, what's the point? What is the point? Well, I, I heard an interview with her on CPR before the primary <coughs> and, and she was already like out the door. I'm yeah. so sick of the Dems and like her rationale wasn't all that coherent. It, it was something about the Democratic Party is really actually bad for people of color. And she didn't really explain what she meant by that. She was just kind of very vague, and I was like, this person's going to lose. Right. And then they kind of asked her, like, well, if you lose, you're going to back the Democratic candidate. And, oh, well, I'll have to see what happens, if it's fair. So I don't know if she's now trying to insinuate that no, she, the vote was rigged. She's or, not insinuating that. She is insinuating, no, she's stating publicly that she can no longer be a Democrat because uh, Democrats do not support the values that she supports. Yeah, I don't think that's going to carry a lot of currency. If, if, the, if the vote was razor thin, if it was really close... It wasn't, right? It was like 60-30 or 70-30. No, it was like 70-30. Right? But, but even yeah. if it was kind of close, like within 10 points, and like she wanted to complain and say, the establishment hung me out to dry because they're scared of my progressive... Like maybe she'd convince more people, like now it just sounds like you're a sore loser. Yes. And you're, you're a shitster and mm-hmm. it's all about you. And maybe I'm being still being naive, but I just like with everything that's at stake now, 
Right, right. I, and, and all the energy we have, right. it's like, I, that's I, I think point. she's pissing into a windstorm. Right, I do too. And that's what I was telling my friend at work who was asking me about who to vote for. And she doesn't vote. She's yeah. never voted before, Val. And we were talking about why that is, and that's because she's got a bunch of kids and she's busy, right? And that elections have consequences thing. And I was saying, like, you know, whether your person won in the primary or not, like whether you were for Sarah or not, or for whoever your progressive candidate is that maybe didn't win in the primary because they're not, quote, establishment enough or they didn't have that institutional support, ultimately, we all have to vote for the D on the ballot. And that's what I told Val. I said, you know, I'm happy to help you with your ballot. I'm happy to talk you through every single candidate that's on there. Mm-hmm. Ultimately, though, you got to vote for whoever has a D next to their name, right? Because there's people that want to hurt us and people that don't. <laughs> or don't. Or just actually right. do the research and go down the list of what you care about. And guess what? It's the same thing. Right. But, um, you know, who else lost badly and wasn't even close it was Levi Tillman. Yes. And Levi Tilleman, of course, became right. semi-famous for five minutes because they intercepted that article when he secretly take, taped Steny Hoyer saying, like, no, we're not going to support you. We're going to support your opponent. Right. Jason Crow, who yeah. is also a really good guy. Now, I don't know what Tilleman has said or if anybody cares at this point. I haven't read anything. Yeah. I will tell you that in Colorado, we had a really, 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 really tight race for AG. Yeah. And it was Phil Weiser versus Joe Salazar. And can you talk about, can you talk any more about any of this political yeah. stuff you've been doing now that you're not doing that anymore? Yeah. A little bit. Okay. So Phil Weiser is a good guy. He's a nice guy. And well, d- disclose. He is a good friend of my ex boss. And I mean, what? Okay, I'm not going to force you to say anything. I don't know what I'm not saying. Um, I've met him. He's great. He, um, yeah. So, he's great. Joe Salazar is an entirely different brand of Democrat, right? He would be the the progressive choice for attorney general. Mm -hmm. When you ask the two of them what they would do about things that attorney generals can actually do, um, they have the same answers. Mm -hmm. Joe Salazar, however, and I love him, um, he's a little bit of like a bomb thrower, right? He's He's just not controllable, and I think that's really attractive for a lot of people. Sure. However, you know, comes back to my like roots of pragmag pragmatism is like okay we can elect him but then when the governor's race is happening and the attorney general's like I don't I, I just and, don't and AG's races are so important and so much more important so than much more think. important than people think especially right? when we're talking about things like abortion rights and how this could come down to state levels and we're going to be fighting a lot of these battles right. for polling and right. polling places and the Republicans trying to close off all these polling places like the yes. AG has a big hand in all of that right the AGs of states can sue um, the federal government they have control over a lot of things like we have legal marijuana in Colorado. Uh-huh. They, they have advise a lot of the governor over, on what's legal mm-hmm. and what's not. Right. And, they have a lot of control over immigration. 
in our state and mm-hmm. what our policies are there. And one of the big issues between Joe Salazar and Phil Weiser was, do we call ourselves a sanctuary state? Because mm. Mayor Hancock, who's the <clears throat> mayor of Denver, has declared Denver to be a sanctuary city. Yeah. And people were calling on the AGs to say whether or not we're a sanctuary state. And that has a lot of implications. And of course we are, right? But we have to get rural Republican Colorado voters to vote for candidates too. It's not just about Denver and Boulder. Mm -hmm. It's about other people who live in this state. And so there is a political cost to saying something like that. Yeah. And so, yes, those things are, have to be considered. And maybe they shouldn't have to be considered, but they are. Right. So, uh, yeah. So, Phil Weiser won by about 5,000 votes That's in our close. state, which is very, very close. It was within 1%. Wow. Um, and yeah, when I went to bed, it was like 2%. I mean, it took days yeah, to count everything. for them to count it. And there yeah. was one county in particular that had a problem with their um, voting machines, and mm-hmm. then they had to like hand count them. So it took a little bit, but it was within 5,000 <clears> votes, which is kind of crazy. Um, for governor, right? Yeah. Jared Polis. Would be the first, first openly gay mm-hmm. governor... Mm-hmm. In the if I'm not if I'm not mistaken, I'm pretty sure, right? Well, definitely in Colorado. I don't know about. The, I'm pretty the sure country, nationwide, but he would be the first gay, openly gay male to be the governor of Colorado for sure. Um, he picked a woman to be his lieutenant governor. Uh-huh. Um, she's previously served in state government. Um, I don't know that much about her because I haven't. Yeah, and I haven't heard any comment from Um, Johnston or Kerry Kennedy yet, but I assume they'll fall in line just fine. I hope so. Yeah, that was our greatest hope. I'm pretty sure that was our greatest hope was that they would that the governor's race is one of the more contentious ones, and the people that are the best at politics in our state, we don't want them to be divided. We would like them to all like come around in the end and vote for a Democrat Mm -hmm. and help a Democrat win. On the Republican side, it's a guy named Walker Stapleton who had his name. Crafted by focus groups, apparently. Yeah. A very, kind of a very typical Republican. Yes. Not related to the George Bush family in some way. Yeah. It's not um, maybe not quite as bad as Trump, but bad enough that you don't want him. Yes. Not, during not the quite primary, Bob Beaupre. During the primary, he like very much tied himself to Trump. And of then course, of course. now that the primary is over, he's moderating. He's moderating, yeah. which is what everyone does. Mm-hmm. Let's be fair. Both yes. sides do that. Yes. Um, but. Uh, no, like my advice to everyone is like, look, it doesn't actually matter. Like a bad Democrat's better than a good Republican. It's just hard for me to see this race this year. If we if we couldn't get ousted in 2014, right. when Democrats just stayed home en masse and we still held on to the governorship, I think it's going to be very tough. But you never know. It's the gay pot guy from Boulder. That's right. That's what I call him. it's not going to play well in the country. The rural parts of of Den- of Colorado, right? Yeah. There's lots of farmland. There's lots of rural parts of Colorado that generally vote the opposite way that I vote. Yeah, and if they're and fired up enough to stop the gay pot, pot guy, guy from Boulder, yeah. if you don't know anything about Boulder, Boulder, we call it the the Republic of Boulder. It's yeah. like considered thing, the most liberal like area Polis, in Boulder. Is, yeah, Polis is very aggressive in trying to get out to those places. And he talk is. To he is. He is. Now, whether it works, I don't know, but at least he's trying. And the person replacing him is Jonah Goose, mm. who is amazing. And I worked with him um, until recently. Uh, he worked at the law firm that I worked at. And 
um, he's just a really great guy. Yeah, he's in a he's safe a district and immigrant he'll from be fine. Eritrean uh, roots, and we do not elect. Republicans in that district. No, so no, once he won the primary, said, that yeah. was much safer. And he won the primary easily. Yeah, he won it by, again, about 67%. Um, and when I talked to him, the last time I talked to him, I said, so now it should be easier. And he was like, yeah, now it's way easier. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, yeah. So I think, you know, I, I mean, I think, I don't know. I think we go, I hope we <clears throat> all come out to vote. Yep. Right? so for these last few minutes for the break we can touch on some more local stuff or state stuff or is there anything else you wanted to discuss well there's some there's there were some interesting upsets in colorado yeah um in our little state district right there was this woman um running against another woman this is the year of the woman <laughs> as they say so it was yeah a lot of sort female of candidates yeah there. lots of female candidates lots of female candidates won throughout the country which is amazing and in our little district, uh, we our preferred candidate won, mm-hmm. um, which we were very excited about. We had a yard sign, even. <laughs> um, and yeah, I think this, the, for that district, these are like our. This is the state. Yes, state, the state house. house. Yeah, correct. These are literally like our neighbors. Correct. So yeah, I mean, we see them around. And yeah, they they live down the street. They're down the street doing fundraisers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then I think the big issues for Colorado that the two sides are going to run on in terms of governor are going to be Polis is going to run. Well, he's running on um, against Trump's tax plan, mm-hmm. saying that the money that is being given to corporations could wipe out all student loan debt that exists in the country. Right. Healthcare for everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, he's right about both of those things, I think. <laughs> um and Liberal enough, Bernie people. What do you want? Right, right. What 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 the f do you want? He literally is, and they're like, but he's establishment, and that's yes. true in a yeah. way because he has been a part of the Democratic Party for a very long time, and I think that's okay because that means that we already know that he shares our values, mm-hmm. and what he's pushing for is a really robust progressive platform. Yes, and the people he lost against were running. Pretty much the same platform. That's the part (laughs) that really frustrates me, right? Is that the Nina Turner, Susan Sarandon, and Bernie Sanders, like, you didn't get that nomination, but you won. You pushed the party way to the left. Way to the left. And free preschool, free. And and some of your actual preferred candidates are winning. Like, mm -hmm. you know, why are you still trying to burn everything down right. when you won? Right. I mean, it, it if you actually cared about the policy, right? If you actually cared about free education or free healthcare or wiping student loan debt or any of the things like, that Bernie that's Sanders all ran on, the table. on, it's all on the table. If you actually cared about those things and not about yourself, then wouldn't you be at the table helping? You would think so, right? But that's not what's happening. Well, uh, they're unaffiliating, and they're they're doing 2016 again. And didn't we fucking learn our goddamn lesson well, already? Before the break, let's talk about Ocasio uh, in mm, New York. Yes, uh, we like her. The God. media is trying to turn this into oh, she put socialist in her name, and this is the big fight within the Democratic Party, and the establishment won't accept her. And for the most part, that's not true. No. Us establishment neoliberal shill types love her. We think she's great. I think she's the very I, greatest. I don't like that she poses for pictures of Susan Sarandon, but it's not that big a deal. I don't give a shit about that. Don't give a shit. 
she is great. She ran a great campaign. She's sharp. She is smart. She knows what she's talking about. She's young. She's scaring the shit out of conservatives. I've noticed that. Like the way they're going after her, like, oh, Oh. they And she calls them out on it. That's the fun part about this, right? So she's like, what, 26? 28. 28. Yeah. And these like conservative Republican men are coming after her on social media and really hard. And like, she's just like, she didn't grow up in the Bronx. She grew up in a normal house. It's like, there are normal houses in the Bronx. (laughs) Yeah. What do you think the Bronx is? Have you ever been to the Bronx? No. Okay. Don't talk to me about the Bronx. Second. Yeah. I went to a fucking Ivy league school because I was really smart. Yeah. And I was really privileged. Ivy league school. It's like, did she pass herself off as like being from the streets? Because if she did, you'd attack that. No. Like, I mean, you can't no. win no. for losing, I guess. Yes. But, but she, it's, that's it's the, best the same as like her. the Parkland students, right? Like these people come after them on uh-huh. social media and they think they're going to like win this battle and, and then and scare them away and it's going to weaken them. And then it doesn't them, work because the like they, these people grew up with. Yeah, they know how to play this Twitter. Game. And so they know what to say. But she's great. And, and importantly, Crowley, who she beat, who they thought was going to be the next speaker possibly. Mm-hmm. And he'd been he's been in the house forever and ever and ever. And most people don't know who he is unless you really follow conventional right. politics. Right. Uh, she trounced him. Yep. Uh, there's some anecdotal evidence that he didn't really campaign and he was kind of ready to go. And I don't care about any of that. I, I don't care either. But the point is he was beyond magnanimous. He almost seemed yes. like excited. He's yeah. like, wow, isn't this great? This young, energetic person won and I am behind her with full force. This young woman of color won and then, this primary, and then almost, it's amazing. and then almost to self fulfill the divide and why he lost at his at his goodbye campaign party. He's like, "Let me dedicate the song to you," and he gets his guitar and plays a Bruce Springsteen song. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like that's a sweet gesture, and it's also very, it's perfect, right? Right. Like, I mean, yeah. she said like, "I really appreciate." No, the it was it was a nice gesture, nice but it, like, it, like he like rewrote kind of, the lyrics and shit, and like yeah, whatever, yeah, yeah. it's fine. But she's but he's great. He's 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 look, saying we are united. Right. This is this is how you right. do this. Right. Yeah. And you know. <clears throat> We've just been talking about all these people in Colorado and how, you know, maybe some of them are establishment, maybe they aren't, whatever. I just want to win, right? But like, it makes me really happy that someone like her won because I want really good people in office, mm-hmm. but I just want people that can win. Yeah. Because, like I told Val, you know, there is a party that wants to do a lot of harm to a lot of vulnerable people, and there's a party that doesn't. And so it's so awesome that she won, and I wish we had a million more of her that could win in the general. Well, that's the thing, but right? But you have to be pragmatic and about you, and, your vote. And you have to remember that po- politics is local. Yes. And there's all these think pieces that, well, is this going to play in the Midwest? It's like, well, she's not running in the Midwest. She's a congressperson from a specific district in the Bronx. Yes. But it doesn't you know, matter. May, but maybe there will be a someone who calls himself a socialist that does win a primary in Kansas. It's all it, it's like how did the race run? What were the makeup of that? How like you can't take these individual races and extrapolate them to something bigger. And no. Nancy Pelosi got us to a rocky start when talking about her win, but then came around and said, well, why can't we all have a big tent where someone calls himself a socialist and you call me a horrible neoliberal right. shill and we can all work towards work the same together things. Because and that's the, the same right things, answer. That is the right answer because yeah. the same things is not 
being in Donald Trump's America. Yeah. That's that's what we're all trying to get to, I think. Yeah, and Ocasio, and, and Ocasio is saying, for the most part, all of the right things. Yes. She is nailing it. And she is doing, like, fuck Bernie Sanders. She is like, there is no way to separate race and class and gender. There is no way to do it. And anyone yeah, that she's, tells she's you not falling into line with that, those that is a possibility is lying to you. Yeah. So don't believe them. I mean, she is as intersectional as a politician I've ever seen. We're going to talk more and about her because so far she's great. I, mean, I, I know that you, you have us against type and you think that, oh, it's someone from the R revolution people and we should be shitting on her. No, she's no, great. She's fucking great. I, I really don't care who props you up and if you want to take pictures with Nina Turner and and uh, Susan Sarandon and whatever like, if I don't you're a good a candidate you're a good candidate if she's going to be good for the people of her district and good for this country then I'm happy yes and I think that she's great and, and I she's, think she's, she's better win. than all of them and she's going to win easily she's and she's going to be in and Congress she's going to be in fucking Congress which great. fucking matters we it matters her. that she's in Congress it's like it's like Anthony Weiner without the hangups maybe maybe much better much better yeah yeah Okay, so we're going to take a quick break, and we got a bunch of national stuff to talk about uh, when I get back, including uh, Donald Trump addressing the Me Too movement in some very curious ways, mm-hmm. including yeah, I, bringing in his comms team the guy that covered up all of Roger Ailes' sexual harassment. I feel like I'm going to have some things to say about that. <laughs> oh, are you? Okay, well, Rachel's going to have some things to say, so don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Irreverent Testimony. I have something to read. Okay. If that's okay. Of course. Um, So, yeah. uh, If you don't know who Bill Shine is, he was co-president of Fox News under the uh, Roger Ailes uh, reign and did a lot to cover up and attack the accusers of Roger Ailes for all the sexual harassment, in case you don't remember okay. all that fun stuff. Right. That's been a while, but we should all remember that Roger Ailes is a fucking rapist and okay. Anyway, he's joining the comms team. I don't know what his exact title is. Wait. He's joining Trump's comms team. Bill Shine. He, he's joining the communications team in the White House. Yeah. Is that a joke? <laughs> I wish it was. Well, I guess he's good at spinning. I mean, he's good at he's Jesus good at trying to cover up uh, sexual harassment. Wow. Well, it turns out okay. his his wife okay. is a real piece of work. Okay. So let's talk about Bill Shine's wife. Okay. White House officials' wife tweeted about N-word anti-vaccine conspiracies from now deleted account. Report says, and this is from the Washington Post. The wife of Bill Shine, the new White House deputy chief of staff for Jesus comms. Fucking has come under scrutiny. Was that Mooch's title, basically? Mm-hmm. And Hope Hicks? 
yep. has come under scrutiny for racially charged remarks and unfounded medical theories posted to her Twitter account, according to a report by the website Mediaite. Mediaite had the original story. Darla Shine, a former television producer and author of a book about the joys of being a stay-at-home mom, Jesus called, Christ. Oh, ha- called Happy Housewives. Nope. Um, nope. It's fine. That's what you no, want. No, there are definitely happy housewives, but yeah. that's... Did you, anyway, mm-mm. reportedly made statements questioning why white people would be labeled racist for using the N-word, while what? black people would not, defending the Confederate battle flag and highlighting instances oh of black-on-white crime. Oh my God, we're not going to be friends at all. <laughs> no. Shine's Twitter account has since been deleted. At least she was smart enough to do that. The White House did not immediately respond to a request for comment. Separately, Trump on Saturday weighed in on reports that Twitter has been suspending as many as one million accounts per day as it battles the spread of disinformation on the platform. In a morning tweet from his golf club in Bedminster, New Jersey, hard at work, Trump noted that the social media platform is, quote, is getting rid of fake accounts at a record pace and seized on the news to take aim at one of his favorite targets, the mainstream media. Will that include the failing New York Times and propaganda machine for Amazon, the Washington Post, who constantly quote anonymous sources that, in my opinion, don't exist? They will both be out of business in seven years, Trump wrote. Thinks Amazon will be out of business in seven years, huh? Uh, the Washington Post is owned by Amazon. Just shaking my head right Bezos. now. Bezos. Like, it operates independently, blah, blah, blah. According to Mediaite, which shared images of some of the tweets and quoted others, Darla Shine demands more than a dozen times that rappers remove the n-word from music al sharpton demanding kid rock denounce rebel flag yet sharpton not demanding rappers remove n-word from music she wrote in one according to mediaite i'm just reading that verbatim Mm -hmm. rebel flag off-state buildings in south carolina but cop killer rap songs songs about rape and songs with n-word continue to play on the radio she said in another what radio station is she listening to according to the website Like, just, it's fine. Remove, remove every rap song that has the N-word in it. Take them off the air. If we ban Gone with the Wind, racist rap music goes to. Who's wait, banning wait, Gone wait, with the Wind? Wait, 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 What? When did Gone with the Wind get banned? It didn't. So, <laughs> Wasn't it? I mean. I think it was literally on TNT, like, last week. Okay. Okay. <clears> okay. <throat> After LeBron James and other athletes gave speeches at an awards show decrying police violence against black men, she wrote, Comical to see these overpaid black sports stars give Black Lives Matter speech, according to Mediaite. Are you... Darla Shine has defended Mm. some of President Trump's most controversial statements, including his Mm -mm. profane remarks about African countries and certain others. That's not controversial. That's Republican congressional orthodoxy now. And the proposed... while he was a presidential candidate, that Muslims be barred from entering the United States. Media reported that. I don't care about that. That's that's literally like Republican standard. Yeah. She also. Yeah. Spe- I mean, I care about it, but I don't. Right. Care no. That I this mean, it's lady, just right. Yeah. That's just she funny. also speculated that ABC executives might have canceled Roseanne Barr's show. Sorry, my phone just figured I wasn't reading it and just went black. She also speculated that ABC executives might have canceled Roseanne Barr's show not because the actress compared former Obama administration official Valerie Jarrett, who is black, to an ape, but because the comedian had also referred to the Muslim Brotherhood. (laughs) So ABC... So ABC is secretly part of ISIS or something. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Cool. Cool, cool, cool. Just so we're clear. Yeah. Shine also tweeted stories that put forth debunked information about the dangers of vaccines in at least a 
a dozen times, oh media act reported. God. Any link between autism and vaccines has been disproven by various studies over the years. Ops. Duh. Biggest national security threat is autism, she wrote in Wait. a tweet that tagged Trump, according to the HuffPost. How can we run a country when half of all boys will be autistic by 2050? Okay. One out of ten black boys has autism, she wrote in another tweet. She also implied that the addiction... <sighs> That the addiction treatment drug oh, Suboxone man. and not racism induced Charlton, South Carolina, church shooter Dylan Roof to kill nine black parishioners. Yes, let's blame the Confederate flag instead of big pharma and the psychiatric violence inducing Suboxone Dylan Roof was taking, she wrote in 2015, according to Mediaite. On Facebook, she talked disparagingly of transgender people, writing that... I mean, hold on. how much do you want me to burn this building down? I, Go ahead. I love this quote. On Facebook, she talked disparagingly of transgender people, writing that, quote, man-made vagina is still not as good as the real thing, exclamation point. Does she know? Does she, yeah. Is she an expert? I would love to know if she knows, because I don't think she knows if that's true. Well, she also assumes all trans people have had um, uh, Bottom surgery. Bottom surgery. Right. And that... that I mean, there's so many... I, there's so much to unpack here. I don't really know where to start. Uh, spoiler, most haven't, because it is extraordinarily expensive. Yes, and also like so many things to say about that. Yeah. Okay. But Kay. yeah, I that that Kay. I can't get over that. Kay. Man-made vagina is still not as good as the real thing. Like, has she been sampling? Can you show me your sources, please? <laughs> Can you please cite your sources? <laughs> Maybe she's an expert. That's fine. Cite your sources. She is. That's great. Uh, she also shared an article with the headline: Russian President Vladimir Putin says that Western governments are enslaving humanity through vaccines. Oh, my uh, first God. Reported. Okay. The White House announced on Thursday that Bill Shine would be joining the staff as an assistant to the president and deputy <laughs> chief of staff for communications. This is going to go so well, you guys. It's going to be so good. Previously, he had served as co-president at Fox News until he was ousted in 2017 after lawsuits suggested he had enabled alleged sexual harassment by the network's late chairman and yeah. chief executive yeah. Roger Ailes. There it is. There it is. All right, so, so that's your new comms guy at the White House. Let's that just, should go well. Let's it's start, his wife. Let's just start unpacking some of that. Can you just pull that back up and we can start unpacking some of it? Sure. Let's just what, start what, from the beginning. What part? Well, let's just start from the first horrible thing she said, and we'll just I, go through it. I, I, mean, you are you want? serious right now? This is a serious She's human being really that exists. She's really big on white people. We, we read that Sean Baby article in bed like the other night, remember? Well, <laughs> Dr. Laura doing yes. the same thing. Why can't I say the N-word? And you know what? I'm going to say it. Edward, 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 Edward. And she started just like yelling the N-word on the air. Okay. The reason, this was like way back in 2010. Look. But. Oh, do we even have to do this? <laughs> no. White people, all of you, every single one, you are never allowed to say the N-word ever. You are not. Ever. And nobody needs your commentary about why black people are allowed to say it. Ever. So just stop. Period. End of yeah, story. I mean, do we no. bother trying to explain the logic to them? No, just don't. Other and, than the like, and the that, only and point hmm. out that the way black people say the N word is essentially a different word. Yes, and there's a reason for that. Correct. So when you call me a queer in the street, right, and you say it, you you yell it at me as an insult. Fucking queer. Right? Or you identify yourself as a queer. Those are two different things. Obviously. Right. Now, I identify as queer. Even and if someone calls yeah. me that in a 
way that's pejorative, I take those two things very differently. Even if you're the, the dumbest redneck jackass rebel flag on the back of your truck, whatever, like it's intellectually dishonest to pretend that's the same thing. Correct. It's like if 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 Billy Joe and his brother are horsing around with the backyard in with the shotgun and one of them uh, calls each other the slur for a gay person, that's guys ribbing each other. Whereas if he yells it at somebody at a pride parade because he's trying to start some shit, I, even he understands it's not the same thing. And when he says that to his brother, that is also pejorative against me because I'm queer. Yeah, yeah, yeah it is. Right? But, but the point is he but knows the But me calling myself queer. To, to him, it's innocuous is my point. And he knows it's not innocuous if he's yelling it at you because you're holding hands with your girlfriend on the street. Right. And he yells passing by in this pickup truck. Right. So even he understands the difference. The difference. Right. So it's right. horribly intellectually But me dishonest. calling myself queer is not the same thing as him calling his brother queer or him calling me queer. Right? But those it, two it, things are, those, those are both bad. But it's also not the same as... As me calling myself queer. As black people using their version and, of the N-word. And... That is a less, I would argue, um, loaded term than the N-word. And so yeah. when people use the N-word, whew, that's well, you, hard, You know what? Right? Maybe we have some people that don't quite get this. So let, maybe from a white person's perspective, which we should have a person of color on here if we really wanted to do this right. Not their job. No, agreed. But, <laughs> but yes. But let me talking try talking from white people to white people. Let's just talk about why you can't use the N word. Or well, let's let's even go back further and why black people started using it a, a variation on it themselves. Right. And there's still argument within the black community oh, yeah, there about is. whether or not you can you, use you it. You should, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's and mm -hmm. that's a healthy debate. But it's not a debate for white people to have. It's not right. a debate for this fucking guy's wife to have. It's of not a it's not, not part of her job to talk about how black people are not allowed to use the N-word in rap music. She has nothing to do with this. No. And her voice and her opinion matters less than anything I can imagine on earth. But but the reason that black people use the word and use the N-word is it's taking back the power of Correct. using that word. Same way we use queer. Yeah, it's, Queer used to be the worst thing you could call somebody. It's like Then we took it back. For years, we have heard this word, mm -hmm. and it's been used to denigrate us. Yes and make us feel horrible and keep us oppressed. Well, you know what? We're going to use that fucking word ourselves and we're going to we're going to put a variation on it, mm -hmm. which they do and that's obvious too. Instead of hard r, mm -hmm. like the way it's a the racist a. white person say it, mm -hmm. it ends in an a and like there's a difference, right? Yes. And it's also like it, it's it, there's some irony to it. Yes. And And as a like there's a difference when you call someone something that you are that someone else that you aren't calls you it's different yeah it just is and i don't know how to explain to people that have all the privilege how why it's different but it just fucking is and yeah they you get to take things back you get to re you get to reclaim words. You get to reclaim things that have been used 
and spat at you and yelled at you and made to make you feel dehumanized, you get to take them back and say, I'm taking that word now and it's not yours anymore yeah. and it's mine. And that does not mean that white people get to say those words. Well, right. At and all. let me give you another example. And I think I brought this up before. When I worked in on Miami Beach and lived there, like the vast majority of my friends were gay men. Mm-hmm. And I, they were my colleagues because we worked a lot of research together. They were my friends. And they used... They they used the term gay as like a I- ironic pejorative, like that's so right. gay, this is so gay. They right. used the F word, which I'm right. not going to use. Right. Right. Uh, they threw it around just like a lot of people of color use the their variation on the N word. Right. Now, I never thought, okay, now I can oh, use those words. Oh, you're my friend, I get to say it. Yeah. No, you don't. No. No. And I understood no. the difference mm-hmm. even then. And and, mm-hmm. and there's that similar debate. In the community of gay men, there like is. we should not be using these in words. In the queer community, these terms. do we talk about the F word? Yeah. And do we use it? And do we not use it? And I certainly don't. Um, but queer is a thing that I have reclaimed because that is the best way to describe me, really. And so I get to be that. Mm-hmm. And anybody that wants to throw that at me, fuck you. <laughs> right? right but like that's different than me saying that I'm queer I, I don't think it's a bad thing I'm not using it in a pejorative sense I'm not using it in a hateful sense I'm using it as a way to describe my identity mm-hmm. um, but it certainly especially in certain parts of the country is used as a thing that like you know and the same with describing trans people like just mm-hmm. a few years ago it was still deemed acceptable by most people to use a very pejorative term to describe trans people yes and in, in the last few years, it's just not. No. You just really don't hear that anymore. Right. Which and is should, good. Yes. And all of these people... So I want to... This ties really neatly into, I think, Trump's comments about the Me Too movement. Yeah. Because... Because I asked you about this, it this morning. I didn't understand where he was this going. This conversation is around political correctness. Mm-hmm. And that's the word that Republicans use to say, I don't feel like I should recognize your humanity. Exactly. And so... Trump saying, you know, he's going to get this DNA kit and he's going to debate Elizabeth Warren. I guess he's imagining some like future presidential debate. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, this was in Montana. He was doing some campaign. Yeah, but like he's imagining some future debate where they're in the same room and he's debating her and he's talking about how he's going to have this DNA kit and he's going to like throw it at her, but not too hard. Right. Because the Me Too generation, Me Too movement means you have to be so gentle now. That's what he's he so said, literally. Now, literally out loud. And I didn't understand what he was talking about, and you explained it to me. Yes. What he means is, oh, those fucking ladies, like, they're just so sensitive. And you can't, you know, you can't grab them by the pussies anymore. <laughs> and you can't, you know, grab their asses at work. And you can't do, we have to be so gentle with them. We have to be so... PC with them. We have to be so nice because now they're all getting up in arms and they're all, you know, acting out. And and now we have to be all nice. Like we can't be what we were before, which was sexually assaulting them. They're getting mad about that now. And so now we have to pretend like we aren't trying to sexually assault them or, or whatever. And I mean, it goes back to the same thing with the F word and the N word and all the things like, the the right has this notion that my generation in particular, the millennials, are snowflakes. That's what they call us, mm-hmm. right? Right. And 
it's this idea that like we're so delicate and we're so individual and we're so focused on that. We need safe spaces. We need safe spaces. And we, you know, we just need help and we just don't know what, and it's like, no, we just are better humans than you. Right. We have this idea that saying something about someone else that's terribly hurtful to them isn't a good idea. And so we don't do it. (laughs) And then when you do it, we call you out on it. And that's not because we're snowflakes. It's because we feel like when you like that language matters Mm -hmm. and that when you use language that hurts people and misgenders them and hurts their identity and and is harmful, that that's not okay, And that makes those old rich white dudes really mad because they've been able to do whatever they wanted for a very long time. Well, that's the ironic part, right, in that all of 2016 and early 20, the first year of Trump's presidency, it was all about snowflakes and safe spaces mm-hmm. and political correctness mm-hmm. and fuck your feelings. Yes. And now that like there's been this sort of avalanche of resistance and mm-hmm. the majority of Americans don't mm-hmm. like baby jails and Muslim bans right. and all this shit that's happening. Right. Now they are the ones that are complaining about Why are their my feelings, freedom of speech. Their freedom of speech. Now they need the safe place. Like we never and talked about snowflakes. freedom of speech because we understood that that didn't mean what they think it means. <laughs> no, of course it We doesn't. understood that that doesn't mean that. Yeah. But now you're right. You like, now we have they, to have these, these 20 parts things about Alan Dershowitz being blackballed in, <laughs> in Martha's Vineyard because if you support Trump, you, nobody could say that because now it hurts their feelings or they feel mean or Sarah Sanders doesn't, you know, can't right. go to the restaurant. We haven't talked about that. Since we've talked we've about back. a lot, right? Yeah. So, yes. I mean, I think that goes perfectly into... Um, uh, well, first of all, like, let's talk about fucking snowflakes. So, Alan Dershowitz, like, that whole thing, right? We, we then, covered then that at Sarah the beginning Sanders, of the podcast. Sarah Sanders, like, getting kicked out of a restaurant. The red hen and then all her... There was a bunch of LGBT staff workers at the restaurant who felt scared, which I think makes sense. If Mike Pence came to a restaurant where I was, I would be like, and I worked there, I would be terrified. This man does not want me to exist. Mm -hmm. And what she represents, whether she likes it or not, is this administration. And this administration represents our non-existence. And so for the restaurant employer to keep their staff, they said, what do you want me to do? And the staff said, I want you to kick them out. I just don't want her here because she's scary. And yeah. so they did. They had an appetizer. It was comped. And they said, we would yeah. just, they just paid like for the food. Like leave. Sarah Huckabee Sanders was not required to pay for the food. They just politely asked her to leave. Yeah. And we had an interesting conversation, you and I about this, about public accommodations, right. Uh-huh. And whether or not that was a good thing to do. And I was on the wrong side of that for a minute. Cause I was like, doesn't do us any good in terms of like the masterpiece cake shop thing and like you know public accommodations or public accommodations and like whatever and you were like no like Uh, being uh, (laughs) a part of a political party and literally a part of a political administration is not a protected class no right and you're allowed to not let somebody eat at your restaurant yeah uh, people forget um during the 2012 presidential campaign, there was a baker in D.C. that kicked out Joe Biden. Oh, I don't like I don't your politics and get out. And Biden said, that. okay. 
And then the baker became very famous, and Paul Ryan even brought him on stage at a campaign rally and said, look at this great baker who refused to serve Joe Biden. And we didn't have that conversation then, and nobody really cared, and we moved on, and I'm sure Joe Biden didn't care. And we moved on, and but now it's a big deal because they are the fucking snowflakes. Right. They are <laughs> the ones that are like, this is very unfair, and our feelings are hurt. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And they accuse us of that all the time. Yes. And then Maxine Waters said something to the effect of more people should do stuff like this. Oh, my God. And then they accused her of inciting violence. Inciting violence. And inciting violence. No. And the most violent thing I think we've had was this guy in San Antonio in a Whataburger in San Antonio saw a kid with a MAGA hat. And he was a, he was a man of color. He was a uh, man of Mexican descent. And he basically said, fuck you, and threw a soda at him and grabbed his MAGA, MAGA hat. <laughs> yeah, I know you laugh. You can't do that though. I know. He did get arrested. You can't do you, you that. Can't do that. I, I understand where the guy was coming from. Totes, right? I, but completely. You get can't that. do that you and you, you face the consequences. And I think the guy said, Yeah, great. I don't care. <laughs> Arrest me. Well, I also think you punch Nazis. So yes. I'm on the other side of that. Uh, 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 yes, but I will draw a line of delineation, a, 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 a sketchy one, that a kid wearing a MAGA hat and a Whataburger is not right. like a kid wearing a swastika. Right. So we're not talking like Charlottesville. We're talking not, like a kid at a Whataburger. Yeah. I mean, I agree. Yeah, I That agree. line's getting blurry. It is getting blurry. Yeah, Trump himself likes think, to blur it. I think that you punch Nazis. I do. Yeah. I'm sorry if you disagree with me and you can write me an email about it, but I think you punch Nazis. Sure. Yeah. I, th- I just think you do. Uh, anyway, I, I want to, some of the talk about, uh, race and identity politics, I think ties into another subject that we should close out with. And that is since we've uh, been off the air that it, there has been a rash of barbecue Becky's and pool patrol Paula's. And now we have a pool patrol Peter. Uh, and these Dude, things, white people, these things have always happened. They have. They've always, They've happened. always happened. They've been the butt of jokes going back st- so many years, um, it, like it goes back to it's Saturday Night Live thing. in the eighties. It's, it's the same thing as police brutality. It's the same thing as so many of the stuff that we talk about around race. It's always happened. It's just now we have little like movie studios in our pockets, yes. and so it's online. You can capture it all. Um, and you can I, post it, and then it becomes famous. We had talked about Bob Marley's niece and some people shooting mm-hmm. a documentary at an Airbnb, and the cops getting called on them, yep. and like yep. the whole yep. SWAT team arriving, basically, yep. and that so, whole ordeal. White people, which I think most of you are. Our listeners, probably. Please stop calling the police. Just don't. Just, just stop. If you see a black person... And you've never seen that black person before. Imagine in your head that they aren't black, right? And if what they're doing would seem normal if they weren't black, don't fucking call the police. Because this is what we're talking about. We're talking about don't call the police. We're talking about a guy who was a realtor who was doing something in a house. We're yeah. talking about guys at Starbucks. Right. We're talking about a, a kids who are cutting the thing. lawn. Kids selling lemonade. I mean, imagine the person isn't black and they're doing exactly the same thing. Would what you would call your the instinct cops? be? Yes. And if that instinct is, that would be fine with me, don't fucking call the police. Also, just don't fucking call the police. Unless someone is attacking you, please just don't. Yeah. Just don't. It doesn't help anybody. It's never good. It's bad. It's never going to end well. And what you're doing, 
and let's be honest about this as white people, we should be honest about this. When you call the police on black people, it is not the same as calling the police on white people. And when you <laughs> yeah. call the police on black people, you might end that might end in murder. Yeah. And if you don't I hope you don't want to do that. So please stop calling the police forever and then just do that more. Just don't. If someone is violently attacking you, of course, call the police. If someone just doesn't look like you and they're around you, please don't. Well, let's talk about this this recent spate, right? We had these kids who were um, mowing a person's lawn doing landscaping. And you can see it on video. They're literally like raking and mowing a lawn. And then the neighbor calls the cops. And a white police officer shows up. Because there's black people in a white neighborhood, which... And to his credit, he did not ask everybody for IDs, and he just was like, uh, okay, I've, yeah, I have no idea why she called me, sorry, bye, which is what you're supposed to do. There was an incident in North Carolina. That's not how it always goes. I know, I know. I'm just saying, in this particular case, that's how it went. In North Carolina, there was an instance where a... A woman of color and her granddaughter were using a pool in, like, a community pool mm-hmm. at a, in a fancy upscale neighborhood. Mm-hmm. And this guy came and said, I need your ID. And she said, I didn't bring my ID. I just walked here with my bathing suit. And, you know. Right. Like it, everyone fucking else at that pool. Right. Everyone else. I brought else. my card to open the gate. And he's like, well, if you don't have your ID, I need to know your address. And she, no. she's, and then she's, she's like, you know what? No, you really don't. I'm a resident. And I... I'm here and now leave me alone. And he called the cops and the cops came. What's Why does this white person think that they have the right to ask the last person for ID? Like, I just don't understand like the, what right he thinks he has to ask her for her ID. Well, he literally his did job. She get, does, does she get to see his ID? Like, well, his, his literal job was the like pool patrol guy for the HOA. Like, well, then he better know who his fucking residents are. Right. That well, is. He didn't I mean, ask anybody else for their ID. Right. She wasn't the only person there. Obviously. And there, there, there was supposed to be a sign-up sheet that wasn't there, so they weren't keeping the sign-up sheet up to date. And then when the cops came, she was pissed, and she's like, this guy's racially profiling me. Yeah. I don't know what his problem is. Yeah. You know, go freaking talk to him, cops. And the cops are just like, okay, we just want to settle everything down. But why do you think she's not a resident? And he's like, well, the address she gave me, that's actually under construction. She's like, no, it's right down the street. And, and, and he's like, well, she should have a car to get in. And she's like, yeah, here it is. And she goes up to the gate and it opens the gate. And he's like, well, some of these gate keys have been going around to non-residents, so I guess I'll let it go for now, but she should have signed in and blah, blah, blah. And she's like, fuck this. And she took video of the whole thing and she uploaded it to Facebook. He is got kicked out of the HOA and he lost his job. And now he's going to go become part of the alt-right and then like try to dox her and it's just... He's going to become... probably I mean, already Jesus was. Christ. Jesus fucking Christ. White people, I'm not fucking kidding. Like, just stop calling the police. Stop. Well, you think at this point, after pool patrol Paula, the crazy white lady who actually smacked the black kids. No, yeah, pool, she like beat the shit out of this little black and kid. The barbecue lady, and then the lady who called the cops on the little girl selling water to save money Lemonade. to go to Disney World. Yeah, I think it was bottles of water. Oh, okay. In Oakland or wherever it was, uh, who actually ran an unlicensed cannabis company? That's what for I heard, pets. and she just lost that license. Yes. So, like, these things, you keep blowing up your own life 
to call the cops on black people at some point you'd think like mm, maybe, maybe for my I, own maybe I don't call the cops on yeah. black people maybe, maybe I don't, don't do that don't do that maybe don't please can you not I mean not that but any of like, you lovely imagine people would imagine being but like, so racist that, that you like can't you help know it. what's happening and you know like you're risking blowing up your whole life to be a racist and you still just you still have to have do it you still have to fucking do it because you can't stand seeing those people barbecue no, in your park no barbecue here and you don't get to sell goddamn bottled water and no like it's so gross and I'm so glad that they're so awful well it defies to themselves understanding what I hate is like there is serious risk here. We can make yeah. jokes about Barbecue Betty, right? And Permit Patty. But there are are people of color who have been murdered by police for, for no exactly reason. that. Yeah. For a white person calling the police. And every time a white person calls the police because a black person is in their area and they don't think they should be, there is a risk that that black person is murdered. And that is not something to be taken lightly. Well, let's talk about cops. Okay? Yeah. Because uh, I'm not going to get too into details, but we saw firsthand that even when you have five or six good cops handling a situation, one all it cop. takes is one uh, juiced up tough guy looking for a fight to send something spiraling completely out of control. Yes. We've seen that firsthand. Yes. And even when the cops are requested for de-escalation of a situation. Exactly. They escalate the situation. Yes. They're not trained for de-escalation. Not all of them, but all right. it takes is but one. all it takes is one. All it takes is one cop, one Rambo, mm-hmm. one motherfucker who's just like out for blood that night. Yep. And that's it. And every time you call the police, you're risking that, particularly yeah. when you call the police on people of color. Yes. That is the most likely time when that one Rambo motherfucker is going to get out of hand. Because what happens is a person of color understands that and then they are likely to act in a way where they feel defensive or scared. Of course. And the cops then perceive that as dangerous. Yep. And then things just can spiral completely out of control. That's right. And people end up dead for selling loose cigarettes or for absolutely nothing. Absolutely nothing. Or for having an expired tag. For being or for changing an eight-year-old on a playground with a toy gun or literally, I mean, it is, it is. Here's what I would say. Somebody that I care very much about who has a lot of involvement with law enforcement, um, said to me, weaponizing the state against your own community is the greatest betrayal that you can do unless there's no other option. And I think that's right. And weaponizing the state against not your community because you're racist and you feel threatened is an even greater betrayal than that. And so I think all of us are in charge of not doing that, not weaponizing the state against people that we don't know, people that feel different, people that feel... I don't know, I've never seen a black person or I don't have a lot of experience with black people or whatever. Don't weaponize the state against other people. The it problem, never goes yeah. well. The problem with that is it can be institutionalized that way. That's like look right. at Ferguson, Missouri. None of those cops lived there. No. They did not racially, the makeup of the cops were nothing like the makeup of the residents. That's right. And so you, right. you had a combustible situation. That's right. And the DOJ went in and tried to fix all that, and now Jeff Sessions is trying to undo all that. Yes. So, 
because elections have consequences. Because elections have Sorry, consequences. Sorry, I keep saying so it, but I it's came amazing. In, we come back to it. You just have to because it's true. Yeah. You know, the things that are happening are happening because of the way people voted. And that's it. Well, we got a few more minutes left. What else did you want to touch on? Well, we just had our primary. If y'all are having primaries in your area, I would encourage you to find people you care about and find people that you think have a good chance of winning, right? Yeah. Because we don't have the luxury anymore of... Protest votes? Right. It has to be somebody who can win against a Republican in general. That has to be the most important thing. Even if (laughs) it's not your favorite person, right? Right. Um, And as primary season closes down and as the general election comes up and, you know, there's stuff to be done. There's work to be done. And I know it's the summer and I know nobody cares yet and all of that. So... I'll give you a minute, but I would just really strongly encourage you to um, help and knock on doors and make phone calls. The other thing I would say is we never really talked about the crisis at the border and what's happening with immigrant children and their separations and all of that. Yeah. And that's really hard. It's almost overwhelming it to, to, to start with and talk about, but w- right. what, let's give a little well, update. We're going to go to a, a, a training tomorrow, a volunteer training to help the immigrants that are in our state that have been separated from their kids. Um, and we're going to try to do that. And I would just say like, you know, donate if you can, if you have time, I think going to, to volunteer to help these people I mean, I reached out to our local community and I said, I don't yeah. speak any other language but English. There's but like, groups I could everywhere. like, I could cook or like, I could drive people. I could, I mean, I don't know that I can communicate with them in their native language, but I can do whatever you need me to do. Yeah. And they were like, you absolutely do not have to speak any other language. And of course, your help is welcome. And so, so the, the yeah, federal court action. did order today. Uh, the, yes. the names, at least, of all the, the missing parents yes. and missing kids to try to unite them because so, they missed the deadline of actually reuniting them. Right. So it's, it's the only ones that, have, that were federally mandated today was the 100 children that are under five years old. Mm-hmm. They are the government requested, the Trump administration, sorry, requested that they had a continuation to find the 100 names of those kids. And this federal judge was like, fuck no. No. No, you need to find these hundred kids and you need to give us their names and you need to reunite them with their parents and that's it. Yeah. Period. There's no continuance. That's bullshit. Kids under five. Yeah. Under five. Also today, uh, Mike Pompeo was in North Korea trying to negotiate. He said things went really well and then as soon as he left, they said, no, yeah. things are going pretty badly. Things went pretty badly. We don't <laughs> like just... their attitude and now we're gonna not going to denuclearize shit. Take yep. your Nobel Prize and shove oh. it, which was very unpredictable, right? Oh my God, I have n- I'd never. Who could that have to seen happen. this coming? But Trump got his photo op, and the press all kissed his ass because reasons. And guess what? So fucking gross. Uh, and now Bolton is going to be in his ear about war. So mm-hmm. um, look for that. On that the on the heels horizon. of the uh, Pentagon reversing a policy of getting immigrants to join the military as a pathway to citizenship. They're cutting that off now, which is interesting because you think you'd want soldiers for all the coming wars we have, but um, whatever. It's 
fine. You went and fought, and maybe like you know, got a limb torn off, but now you're not going to be able to be a citizen because that's definitely who. Well, we are no, as the, a these are people that never even got to the point of being fully uh, active duty, mm. but they just they got sold a bill of bullshit. Jesus so. Anyway, uh, there's that. We'll have way more. I know there's so much we didn't cover. We couldn't have possibly. I'm sorry I was gone for so long. And and thank you for all of your patience, all of you. And I love all of you. And I'm sorry. It just has been kind of crazy around here. So uh, we'll be back next week for sure. Find us on Twitter at Irreverent Duo, Reverend Testimony at gmail.com, patreon.com slash Irreverent Testimony. Try to listen to us on uh, Radio Free Public, where we get a little money every time you do a download. So stay active, stay tuned, stay involved. I've been Travis. I'm Rachel. Talk to you next week. Bye.